Silver, Smith comes out to the neutral zone, deals right, Marcheseau fires, he scores! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Smith to Marcheseau, 4-2 Golden Knights. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Wallace out on the homestead, Millard out at the estate, and Chapman back inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... Game six against the Anaheim Ducks tonight. Uh, a lot going uh, hap- happening around the uh, the Golden Knights and the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, not only continuing their season series, uh, two more, and then uh, it'll be one final game at the Pond. Uh, this is a game in which the Golden Knights are trying to chase down the Colorado Avalanche for first place. They can cut into that deficit tonight, uh, four points back going into action this evening. But also significant happenings at the Pond in Anaheim tonight. For the first time in 401 days, there is going to be fans in attendance at an Anaheim Ducks home game. And isn't that interesting that both the Anaheim Ducks, who are very excited to have their flock together, and the Golden Knights equally anticipating uh, a good environment because fans in the building just uh, gives it a little bit of jump. So uh, just a story inside a story uh, when it comes to the, the Anaheim Ducks and the Vegas Golden Knights game tonight. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Like I, I think as we start to get more and more buildings uh, allowing fans and bringing fans into the mix, it it's starting to kind of get back to that place where you know it, it feels somewhat normal. And for the players, it, it's got to be jarring. Once, once you've played games in front of fans at home, it's got to be jarring again to go into an empty arena. So this might feel uh, a little bit more close to normal for the Golden Knights as they go through this game. I'm excited to, to see what the reaction is because we saw the response by the Golden Knights so the first couple of games that they had uh, people in at T-Mobile, especially that opening series against the Minnesota Wild in which there was the big comebacks. Uh, does it give the Anaheim Ducks uh, a little bit of jump? Vegas has won four of five head-to-head this year, but they've been really close games, uh, much closer than the season series would indicate. So does that tip it in favor of the, the Anaheim Ducks, uh, who are searching for their first three-game winning streak of the season? So I set this up as, as a battle between second-place Vegas and last-place Anaheim. But when you get right into the minutia of the game, uh, it spells out the fact that it's going to be a close encounter and uh, maybe uh, a more of a challenge than the standings would point to. Yeah, I mean, I, I think when you look at the Anaheim Ducks and the Golden Knights this season, it, it has not been easy for Vegas. That's not the word that I would use to describe the games. Yes, Vegas has four out of five wins, but they have been some difficult, hard-fought wins. They've been some wins where the Golden Knights have had to come from behind and win you know, in by virtue of overtime. And, and there's been just kind of different trajectories that these games have taken. So for the Golden Knights, uh, when you look at this game, it's going to be a 60-minute effort. That's what they're going to need to beat Anaheim. 
Get more into the game, and you'll hear from Pete DeBoer in a little bit on this two-hour edition of the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, setting you up for the two-game set in Anaheim before coming home to play a pair against the San Jose Sharks. Also want to get into Monday's game against San Jose, in which Patrick Marlowe, it's expected, if everything goes according to uh, to plan, is going to break Gordie Howe's record for most games played in the National Hockey League. So a little bit more on that big milestone game uh, that will be held at T-Mobile Arena on Monday. But uh, the major news to come out of the league today is twofold, and it relates to COVID on both fronts. Uh, The Vancouver Canucks uh, will return to action this weekend, but not until Sunday. Their game against the Toronto Maple Leafs, scheduled for Saturday, has been pushed back. Their game against tonight uh, against the Edmonton Oilers has been rescheduled, so they get a couple of extra days. We now know that the Vancouver Canucks will return after more than three weeks away from the game because of a super spreader event inside that uh, organization, inside that dressing room. They are back on the ice for a back-to-back set against the Toronto Maple Leafs Sunday and Monday. That's positive news as the Canucks return to the fold. Uh, In somewhat surprising uh, news, uh, the Colorado Avalanche have been put on the sidelines again because of COVID. This, uh, we kind of got a hint uh, that something may be coming when Philip Grubauer was placed in the COVID protocol uh, list earlier this week and his head coach uh, saying that that he wouldn't play for two weeks. Uh, That was the uh, statement from Jared Bednar. Well, a couple of other players have been added to the COVID protocol list, uh, Jonas Donskoy and uh, Bo Byron. And uh, Bo Byram uh, is uh, on the COVID protocol list uh, today as well. So three players placed in COVID protocol. That means the Colorado Avalanche have been uh, put into another COVID pot. Second time this year for the Colorado Avalanche. They won't return to action until next Thursday at the earliest. Three games have been postponed for the Colorado Avalanche, which means Vegas will play a game in hand tonight. And they will be equal when it comes to games played. And from then on, Vegas will actually will play more games than the Colorado Avalanche. It's, uh, it's an opportunity to uh, catch the Avalanche. Who <laughs> That may be the only way you, you catch the Avalanche right now because uh, they've been so good as of late. But uh, uh, they are going through COVID protocol for a second time. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one, right, for the Colorado Avalanche, who I, I think have arguably, arguably been playing the best hockey um, of any team at any point in time this season. They just don't seem to to lose hockey games, at least not not recently for, for Colorado. So for me, like, you know, it's a, a tough one for the Colorado Avalanche, but, you know, if you're, if you're looking at it uh, from a, a silver lining perspective on, on the Colorado side, you were forced or you were, you were looking at the prospect of going through the next 14 days, seven games without your number one goaltender in Philip Grubauer. Uh, you know, if this cuts down three or four of those games and you get, Philip Grubauer back and you have him at your disposal for an extra three or four games. I think that's a a positive for the Colorado Avalanche. And, you know, the hope I think right now is that it's, it stays isolated to these three players. And and hopefully that's the case for Colorado. Yeah. Great point. It it cuts the time without Philip Grubauer in half. If he is able to return to the fold inside uh, or on schedule to those two weeks that Jared Bednar 
said. Now, uh, he could miss more than that. Uh, Bednar just stated he won't be with the team uh, for the next two weeks. Now, interesting thing about this is Grubauer was placed into COVID protocol Wednesday afternoon before they played the St. Louis Blues. Uh, And they went out and, and played a game. And now, yeah. subsequently, two more players have been placed into COVID protocol. One, uh, w- what we're seeing here is uh, just ch- trying to shut it down before it spreads any further. But the, the other part is, uh, I mean, you're, it shows how fine of a line that teams, uh, professional teams are, well, society, but these professional teams are walking on a night-to-night basis. Uh, you, you don't want to be canceling games every time there's a positive test. You do your contact contact tracing, and and hopefully you you can uh, say with confidence that it's it hasn't spread. That's not always the case. Most times it is. It, you're good. You can get through it. We saw that with with the Golden Knights. I mean, they played a game with with a player that was pulled out mid game. The Dallas Stars played a game uh, which the coach was pulled out mid game. Uh, there there's places more instances than not where. Uh, the right decision has been made. But in, in this case, Colorado plays a game with a player in protocol, uh, but then subsequently in the days after, uh, two more players are uh, are placed into uh, the non-active list. And we just, everybody hopes that this isn't a repeat of what happened in the lower mainland of BC and Vancouver. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously the, the hope uh, around the league. It's the hope that we have here uh, for the Colorado Avalanche. And, and simply, it's just something that, you know, it, it, you, you look at the target of, of next Thursday, July, uh, April 21st for the reopening of facilities and, and the Avalanche getting back to uh, practice. So, you know, you're, you're hoping that it sticks at just these three games and you're able to, uh, you know, looking at the Colorado Avalanche schedule, just kind of tack that on into that buffer week at the end of the season. And, you know, that's that's hopefully the last that the Colorado Avalanche will have to deal with COVID the rest of this season. Avalanche have home games against Los Angeles tonight, against Los Angeles Sunday, and the Blues on Tuesday, all postponed. Uh, reg- rescheduled dates uh, have not been announced, but they're hoping that they can play that game next Thursday against the St. Louis Blues. Uh, and, th- I mean, when the- we say their season's on pause, their season is on pause games and practices their facility is closed at least through uh, next wednesday by the looks of it uh, from what i can tell from from the national hockey league so uh, a lot like vancouver where they were sitting there going we we can't come off three weeks three weeks plus and, and jump into the 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 regular season with with just one practice well uh, colorado may be forced to go a week or, or just shy of a week uh, without any practice and then have to jump back in and we'll see how that affects uh, affects them now the, in a in a weird goofy way and this is unprecedented but this year it's unprecedented uh, going into this season mm-hmm. but they've done it once before remember they came off their their first COVID pause and pl- played the Golden Knights going into that uh, massive uh, that uh, much anticipated four game series that took us through Tahoe yeah, and you know when you kind of go back and take a look at at Colorado and what they were able to do coming off of that pause. Of course, they lose their first game back to Vegas. Then they they come back, they beat Vegas two in a row, 
lose to Vegas, lose to Minnesota, and it just it wasn't really the type of hockey that we have come to expect from Colorado as as they've gone the last couple of weeks where they've really done a good job of winning hockey games. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how that experience shapes how the Colorado Avalanche kind of deal with it this time around. But, you know, in, in terms of, of probably one of the worst times during the season to, to kind of have to go through this again, this would be it for Colorado. They're in a, they're in a fight for first overall. And, and that's going to be something that, you know, it's, it's out of their control. It's how they deal with it now the rest of the way that's going to determine whether or not they finish in first place. And just one more COVID note, uh, Ryan, the National Hockey League has announced that uh, the regular season's been extended to May 19th, and that doesn't mean that the the Central and the East and the West won't start the playoffs earlier than that, but the regular season has been ex- extended because of uh, the delay with the Vancouver Canucks, and the North Division will continue through May 19th. There is a situation where the Stanley Cup playoffs could start in the United States, in those three divisions, the East, Central, and West, before the regular season concludes in the in the North Division. Uh, don't know exactly yet. No no dates uh, for the playoffs have been, been announced uh, as of yet, but that scenario is in place just to try and get things up and running as soon as you can. I know we talked about this yesterday. Where, where are you on that? Like, are you on... It's just just wait and start the playoffs for all of the teams involved at the same time at the beginning because you're going to have to wait at some point, right? When right. you when you parse it down to four teams, there's going to be an overlap of time there. You're going to have to wait at some point. So there's a couple of ways to look at it. Uh, one yeah. is uh, you wait at the start and everybody begins the Stanley Cup playoffs at the same time. Uh, that will give rest to those teams in the East, the Central, and uh, the West. That's good. Uh, and the other part of it is uh, is you go right away. And, and what that does is if there's any potential holdup, uh, pause within a series – You've got that buffer zone. You've already started. So there's there's two sure. ways to, to look at it uh, on that front. Um, Chapman, I'm going to turn it over to you. I'll be back with you guys in about 15 minutes, if that's okay. Got to go do some teeth yeah, and hair perfectly. stuff. I, I, I know this is awkward, but I got to go do some teeth and hair stuff, and then I'll be right back. Adios. Well, hopefully Chapman can help me out here. <laughs> that's fine. Um, it's, it's always going to be the joke, Darren. You know this. Um, so, Chapman. Let's bring you into that and, and ask you the question, just in terms of, you know, looking at the 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 realistic possibility of the Stanley Cup playoffs starting sooner for the the West Division, the Central Division, the East Division than it will for the North Division. Where do you fall on that? Like, what what are your thoughts on on that particular uh, situation playing out for the NHL? I'd like to see them all start at the same time, to be honest, because I, I mean, this, this whole year and let, let's be honest, the last year and a half has been really just, you have to kind of play things by ear and see where they go. But I mean, there's so many, so many possibilities of things that could go either right or wrong between now and when the Stanley cup is awarded. I mean, what happens if you have a team that is in the playoffs and they run into a situation like this? Right. I guess you, you kind of buy yourself a little bit of time by extending the regular season and you hope that that I mean, that's really all you can do. 
you have to hope that we don't encounter a situation like this where a team has to shut things down. I mean, look, I, I, I know that there, there's, there's a lot going on uh, with, with variants and, and who knows what, what, what may happen between now and then, but I'm, I'm, I'm a proponent of everything starting at the same time. Just, and, and I guess maybe saying fairness may not be the right words because obviously teams that are dealing with this, it's unfair to say, oh, well, well, you you have to, to, to suffer again, right? Because I, I saw there was someone who, who made a comment about it's unfair that the Canucks are getting all this rest. And I won't sure. mention who that was, but it's someone who, who okay. is pretty prominent and rightfully he was he was ridiculed for saying it. Um because because let's be honest, they're not resting. If these guys have COVID and and they're dealing with COVID as it seems like a lot of these guys are for the Canucks, they're not getting rest. They're getting their ass kicked by this. So I I mean I just don't know. I I, I want to see things start on time just in just in the interest of everything being equal. But obviously, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're hoping that we don't encounter anything like this in the playoffs because I feel like if you don't give yourself a window, you could you could run into a situation where, right, the NHL has said we need to end the league on such and such a date, right? Like the season sure. needs to end. We need to award the Stanley Cup by such and such a date. If we get into the playoffs and a team from, I don't know, say the East – runs into a situation like the Canucks where they have to shut things down for it's it's 3 weeks for the Canucks since they've since they've played a game. Yeah. I mean, you, there's there's no way that that you'd be able to 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 somehow get around that. Like like you 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 can't extend the the end of the season any further, can you? Well, I mean, I, I think that the NHL has has their date, right? We we talk about May 19th as kind of that that end of the regular season now in in relation to the colorado avalanche just as we're looking as i'm looking at their schedule you have three games two against la one against st louis that are currently postponed right now as you look through the schedule at least with the remaining games for colorado that are already on books i don't see a way that you can sprinkle in any of those games within their current schedule as it's constructed so Colorado's final game of the season as it stands right now is the 7th and the 8th of May. It's a back-to-back Friday, Saturday against the LA Kings. So conceivably, I think you could probably finish out, if it's just three games, you could probably finish out the Avalanche's season, regular season, if you're getting all 56 games in, Thursday the 13th of May, which gives you, what, two, three, five-ish, six days before the actual end of a regular season. Do you wait that, that amount of time then, or do you just go into the playoffs saying, you know what, we don't really know what we're going to encounter. Like as the NHL, if you're Gary Bettman, you're you've got travel. You're going to be playing a, a regular playoff series. Everything should be kind of moving in that direction where more fans are in the building. I think that you know the way that I look at it is, you've got to try to get this season in the books in as timely a manner as 
possible. And so I, I think that I'd like to see them wait. I'd like to see the playoffs start for everybody at the same time. But under this umbrella of COVID, I don't know that that's a possibility. I don't think even if you try to start everything on time, you have no idea what may or may not happen in terms of a team in a playoff series and if there's a COVID scare there. Well, and yeah. then are you going to halt? Are you going to halt the entire playoffs? I don't think so. Like, I don't think that that's in the cards. So I don't know how the NHL is going to approach it, but I think if, if you have an opportunity to play hockey games, I think that's going to be the situation that the NHL puts themselves in. And if the, if the North Division has to start five or six days later, then that's just the reality of the situation there. I mean, what you hope for is that the North Division kind of makes, makes up that time with quick playoff series so that they can start. Sure. You know, so, so by the time you get to that Final Four, you, you've kind of caught caught up. I mean, it, it's possible because it seems like there's definitely one team that that is a lot better than everyone else in that division. But but the playoffs are weird, right? Like like you don't know. I mean, whoever would have thought that the Blue Jackets would 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 take out the Tampa Bay Lightning two years ago, right? I mean, it's it's just it, it's it's crazy. But I mean, there's 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 always going to be people who are going to look back and say we we didn't do this the right way because we know just based on what we've seen this year, that it's not going to be perfect between today and the day that the Stanley Cup is awarded. I mean, I don't know I, I, I don't know what the contingency plan is if something like this happens in the playoffs. If you're like, say, the Boston Bruins, and you have a situation where you have three, four, five guys who get sick, and all of a sudden you have to shut, you can't practice, you can't, you can't be at the team facility. What if that happens in between games two and three of a playoff series? I, I mean, I mean, it's it's a it's a realistic question that that is on the the minds of the NHL, and and I again I, I think to Darren's point earlier on as as we were kind of introducing this topic, right? You've had plenty of opportunities where I think the NHL could have been over uh, overly um, cautious to start canceling games, to start postponing games, right? Like the Knights have had situations where a player within the game test positive and that doesn't necessarily result in the the postponement of games yeah and i think that 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 ability to try to determine when you need to be a little bit more cautious when you can pull back if you think you've got all the information you don't expect it to be something that's going to spread to other teammates i it's such case-by-case basis for the nhl to try to figure all that stuff out that you know we can we can sit and think about all these different scenarios that may or may not happen in the playoffs, but the reality is it's going to be up to the NHL to try to figure out the best way forward, the best course forward, should you be met with that. And I think we're all sitting here hoping, crossing our fingers hoping, that that's not something the NHL has to deal with in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, the Vancouver situation really is an eye-opener, I think, for the league because yeah. it's... I mean, we, 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 we never expected to see a team shut down for, for almost a month, right? They're going to play, what, Sunday is going to be their first game. And who knows? Who knows who's available for them? Who knows who, 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 who may be out long term? I mean, I, I read the story about, I mean, it's a different sport, but Jason Tatum plays for the Boston Celtics. He caught COVID. He's 23 years old. He now has to use an inhaler before every single game to open up his lungs. He said, I've never used an inhaler in my life. So we don't know what the long-term effects are going to be for some of these guys. I mean, chances are they're going to be fine, but you just don't know 
because it's, it's so unpredictable. And like I said, it, the, the whole situation had to be an eye-opener. Now you have a team that has to play 19 games in 32 days. I mean, that's that's insane. You're playing 19 games in 32 days coming off of having COVID. I mean, yeah. we, it's yeah, not like, the, it's, the it's not like the, they weren't going to make the playoffs to begin with, I don't think. But now you have to think for, for, for the integrity of the game, I don't know how you how how you how you say all right go out there and play especially if you if half your team's not 100% how is that coming into play for for the integrity issue I mean I I just don't know I mean hopefully all these guys are fine and and that none of them have any long-term effects because that's the most important thing right like these guys are sons their fathers their husbands before they're hockey players so you you, you hope that that we don't see any situations where, where guys have long-term effects. But, I mean, it's, it's such a crapshoot. You really don't know what's going to happen. And if something like this happens between today and May 19th, where you have a team that has to shut down for, for a couple of, of weeks, it, it just throws a, a chaotic wrench into everything the league has planned. 100%. And, and again, it's it's one of those situations where, you know, as as the league kind of dealt with it earlier on in the season, we had that spell, that that really good chunk of time where it it, it looked like COVID was kind of in, in the in the background for the NHL as they went about their business. Unfortunately, with the Vancouver Canucks and, and what has happened there, and then you you look at Colorado now, and and really the hope I think is that for the NHL, you deal with these blips when they happen. And you hope that you can get a handle on the situation. You hope that it's something that with your protocols, you can you can keep out of the locker room. You can keep out of each individual organization that's in the playoffs. And you can play your full playoff slate without any large interruptions. But for the NHL, I think what we've noticed about them this season is an inability to be flexible and to deal with situations even though you know it's not ideal. We can't sit here and say that the competitive balance has been fair for every single team. Quite frankly, it hasn't been fair for the New Jersey Devils as they came back from their COVID outbreak. And the same thing for the Buffalo Sabres. To expect that all of these teams that are dealing with COVID are going to come back and be just as effective and just as good and just as dialed in as they were before they were shut down, it's naive to think that way. It's not that way. But the reality is COVID could touch any team at any time, regardless of where they're at in the standings, regardless of where they're at in the regular season, regardless of if they're in the middle of a playoff series. So those are the rules that everyone's operating under. We all have to understand that it's not going to be ideal. The NHL, though, is doing the best that they can. Yeah, I, I believe that. And, and you know, it's like it's it's unfortunate, right, because you have a roster full of of you carry usually 23 guys, but now you have the taxi squad and obviously coaching staff and, and the, the the guys who are around the team, like equipment guys. So trying to keep every single guy COVID-free is, is tough. And it's not – you can't blame guys for getting it. You you don't know. Maybe maybe a kid comes home from school with it and gives it to, 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 the, to their father. You know, like you, you just don't know. So it's a very, very difficult task, and I'm not faulting – the NHL or, or or Major League Baseball or or the the NBA for any of this because we're learning we're still learning things over a year later 
And now with all these yeah. variants circulating around the country and, and, and North America and all over the world, I mean, it's 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 more easily transmissible now. It's easier to catch because of some of these variants. So I think the NHL is doing the best job they can. I mean, nobody is able to predict what's going to happen tomorrow, let alone no. two Impossible. months from now when we're in the playoffs. Yep. But yep. I think we all have to approach it with, with the way you just described it. There isn't going to be competitive balance for everybody. Some teams are going to have it a little more easier than other teams, but I would rather that than not have a postseason, than not award a Stanley Cup, because that that's the worst-case scenario. So it may suck for some teams, but you know what? You just have to deal with it, and next year we, we get back to normal, and, and we start in October, and we have a regular season. Chris, speaking of back to normal, have you – Signed up yet for draft for Doe? I don't believe I'm eligible, but I I have oh, a feeling I'd, I'd get the first you, two. You can you can print off the sheet. You yes. can make sure that you've got your selections in. We can do it for bragging rights. Okay. The draft for Doe is here. Fox Sports Las Vegas and the DeHart team at Nova Home Loans are giving one winner one thousand dollars in cash and a two hundred and fifty dollar Raiders Image Store gift card for making the right picks on day one of the draft. Go to lvsportsnetwork.com and pick your first 17 draft choices, and you may win $1,000 in cash and a $250 Raiders Image Store gift card from the DeHart team at Nova Home Loans. Your picks must be in by Wednesday, April 28th. Open to Nevada residents 18 or older. Complete rules available at lvsportsnetwork.com. If you haven't already done so, sign up for Draft for Doe. Today, we're back with more on the Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. They're going to have a couple of thousand people at Honda Center tonight. First time in a long time, more than a year. First time this season, anyway, that the Honda Center will have fans in attendance for an Anaheim Ducks game as the Ducks and the Vegas Golden Knights clash. Vegas has an opportunity to get within two points of Colorado uh, playing a game in hand. Uh, right now, you, you know, there's that whole slight possibility, but that uh, outlier where if 56 games can't be completed across the board. You go to uh, the the points percentage, the winning percentage, and despite being four points back of the Colorado Avalanche, the Avalanche and Vegas Golden Knights have the exact same points percentage at 7-1-4. So I thought I'd uh, throw that at you uh, right now. Uh, let's uh, take a look at uh, what's going to happen tonight. And uh, this is a situation where the Golden Knights uh, have won four in a row, trying to win five in a row, Ryan Wallace. What have you liked about the turnaround where Vegas has sort of found their footing again, a little bit of swagger? I, I like the fact that they're getting balanced scoring. I like the fact that uh, Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty and Chandler Stevenson are finding the back of the net now with regularity, at least over the last couple of games. I, I like the fact that the Golden Knights are getting fantastic goaltending from both Robin Leonard and Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, it's hard not to like what's going on right now for the Golden Knights. It's hard to narrow it down to just one or two things. Uh, by the same token, I, I like the fact that Alex Petrangelo is activating quite a bit in the offensive zone and really pushing that offense forward. 
I'm glad you brought up Robin Leonard. Pete DeBoer was asked about uh, the Panda this morning. And Leonard is a, a guy that uh, at times has looked a little clunky at the start of the year. Since he's been back off the concussion, has appeared to be in much more control. But even then to now, he was winning hockey games. And mm-hmm. Robin Leonard is quietly putting together a really good season. Out for his 10th win of the of the year tonight, only one regulation loss and two others in 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 12 appearances. It's it's under the radar, but it's spectacular. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's funny when you think about Robin Leonard, right, because, you know, for for at least the early half, the beginning of uh, part of this season, the the questions about just Leonard in general, the early goals within games, and you start to to kind of nitpick those starts. But the fact of the matter is, even though it was shaky at the beginning, even though it took him a while to settle into games, he still made saves. He still won those games. And, and for me, since returning, Robin Leonard has been every bit the goaltender you expected him to be. You were hoping that he would be um, for the Golden Knights this season. And you, you couple that with Marc-Andre Fleury and the season that he's putting in for the Golden Knights. Goaltending is, is rarely ever an issue for the Golden Knights. Has it turned into the advantage that you thought it would be? Uh, you know, it, it's interesting, right? Because I, I think that it, it absolutely has been a story for this team this season because we've seen a few games here and there for the Golden Knights where they didn't have their best effort. They didn't have their best game. And because you've gotten fantastic goaltending, you've been able to come back and win some of those games and get those points. I I think it's a big advantage. I, I think you see Philip Grubauer just going on an absolute heater for essentially the entire season. And you look at where Colorado is and, and maybe that takes a bit of that shine off. But for me, the golden Knights are poised to, to continue to win hockey games down the stretch because they've got two goaltenders that are just absolutely at the top of their game this season. I think it's an advantage. I, I thought it would be an advantage coming into the season. I'm I'm not moving off of that. The goaltending has been fantastic for Vegas. Hasn't worked out to be the advantage the way we thought it would, though, right? Because we anticipated it be the the rotation and both guys being fresh all year, but the the long injury, the long absence, yeah. uh, created a, a left turn. In the advantage, and the advantage ended up being having somebody there to pick up the ball and be able to run with it, while one of your two guys is out, while your your number one guy from the playoffs is out last year. We're only starting, I think, right now, to yeah. to see a glimpse at what could have been throughout the season, and that's not. I'm, I don't think the goaltending could be any better than it has been, but uh, sure. we're only starting to see what Pete DeBoer and Kelly McCrimmon envisioned at the start of the season. No, I, I think there's merit uh, to that, absolutely. And, and you know, it's it's interesting because we, we talk about the, the need for both goaltenders. We talk about why you go into this season with $12 million in goaltending. And, you know, as, as we expected, it was going to be for the rotation to keep both guys fresh and at the top of their game. But, you know, the, the ability to have Marc-Andre Fleury who right now sits fourth all time in NHL wins among goaltenders and and to know that you can you can lean on him with Robin Leonard out of the lineup dealing with an injury and at the same time with Mark Andre playing as well as he as he did this year not really having to push 
Robin Leonard back, allowing him to take his time, get completely healthy, and get himself to a point where he can come back in and just go about his business and win hockey games. That was incredibly important for the Golden Knights this season, and it's a luxury that a lot of other teams didn't really have in terms of their number one goalies. Marc-Andre Fleury has won back-to-back games. Uh, Robin Leonard has won three in a row, and he's been back for seven since the concussion. The only blemish in that was a shootout loss against the Minnesota Wild. Other than that, he has 13 of 14 possible points. Are you adverse to a rotation in the Stanley Cup playoffs? I don't like it, but I want to know your thoughts. <laughs> well, it's it's hard for me to to look at that and say, why wouldn't you continue what you're doing, right? Like, if the Golden Knights keep winning hockey games and they're doing it with a rotation and you're getting essentially the exact same performance from each guy, like if, if, you're, if the numbers are bearing out where it's pretty much equal across the board, I, I'm, not, I'm not against it. I, I mean, I was saying in the bubble, right? Like in the bubble, just keep the rotation going. Until it's not working, just keep rolling with what has gotten you to that point. I wouldn't be shocked and I wouldn't be upset if there's a rotation in the playoffs. There's three choices, Marc-Andre Fleury, Robin yep. Leonard, or a yep. rotation. Right. Is there a bad choice? Is there a wrong choice in any of those three? Based on the way that they've played so far this year, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, traditionally, right, you want to give somebody the net. Or you want a player, you want either Marc-Andre Fleury or Robin Leonard, based on their play down the stretch, to make that decision for you. But if both guys are going, and they're going incredibly well, isn't that already the decision that they're making? Isn't the decision they're making that this is working so well, it would be crazy to go with anything different? Is there any merit to going with one guy over the other just to make goaltending a non-story game to game? Um, I mean, I I think that there's there's merit in that just in terms of naming a starter and saying that this is the guy and you're going to to roll through with this particular player. But I also think that if you set that standard early on, that this is a rotation until play dictates that it, it needs to stop being a rotation, mm -hmm. then aren't you essentially making it a non-story? If you go into it with a rotation and you say, this is the rotation, we've done it all year, we're not changing now, then it becomes a non-story to me, right? I would say if somebody loses, then there's questions. But... I would also challenge my own statement by yeah. offering up if uh, if it's Marc-Andre Fleury and he loses, there's going to be questions with, will you go to right. Robin Leonard after a loss? Right. So so I think that that, uh, that challenge will be there either way. I just, I'm trying to f come up with a way. I, and again, I don't like the rotation. I like yeah. one guy and, uh, and I don't care who it is, Marc-Andre Fleury and, and his play in the middle of the season was spectacular and makes me lean towards him deserving it. But the way Robin Leonard has played since coming back from the concussion has been nearly flawless uh, mm -hmm. in in the goal. So there's there's that uh, that end of it that's countered uh, to the to the Mark Andre Fleury run and the history historic uh, numbers that he's putting up uh, both as a career and this season. But uh, I'm trying to come up with a way that that goaltending isn't a story. The closest thing I can come up with. Ryan, is yep. that 
it's Mark Andre Fleury's net until he stumbles. That's the closest way I can I can l- discover and and bouncing it off people where it's not a day to day conversation where it's questioned because of the the history of Mark Andre Fleury, the belovedness uh, face of the franchise. Uh, go down the list, the accomplishments, uh, the expansion draft. Uh, that that's the that's the only that's the closest thing it gets to, and and I'm not even sure that accomplishes it. Yeah, I I think that if if you you know if you come out ahead of the playoffs or or the day of the playoffs, day of your first game, whatever the case may be, and just like Pete DeBoer on this show said, uh, don't ask me about goaltenders, right? Mm-hmm. Like, don't ask me who's starting. It's a rotation. We're we gonna do this if dance you... every morning. My feet are sore. Come on. And you've done you've done <laughs> really well by, by holding true to that, and and not well, I... asking those questions. Well, because the, it's it's not a question, right? Like we, we it, it there's been no deviation outside of those two games against Colorado, and then you hear the reasoning from Pete DeBoer, and you say, yeah, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like that that makes total sense. I get it. Um, but I mean, like if if you set that standard and you're incredibly clear, and that's kind of the direction that you go with it, then I, I think that takes that story out of it until there's a stumbling block or until you lose a game or you lose two in a row, whatever the case may be. But I mean, to your point, whether you go with, with Robin Leonard as your number one and you kind of spot Mark Andre Fleury in, in, in much the same way the golden Knights did in the bubble, or you go with Mark Andre Fleury as your number one and you spot in Robin Leonard, anytime there's a loss because you've got two number one guys, it's going to be a story. It's going to be something that, that you start to say, okay, well, it, can you can you afford to go back to this guy? Uh, do you want to change something up? And then what happens if you lose and you change something up? Then what do you do? Yeah. There's so much that, that Pete DeBoer is going to have to work through when it comes to the playoffs that if you just establish it's a rotation, that's what brought us here. Maybe that alleviates some of the, the pressure in making those decisions. I know on paper, rock, scissors, I go paper, and then I for, think for sure that, that you're going to go uh, paper. So I think i got to change it up, and then I go rock, and, and that, uh, that screws me over, and, and <laughs> I'm, I'm lost, and I've lost back-to-back, and uh, then I'm out of it, and you kind of outthink yourself. Uh, into into a bad place. Uh, we've got 14 games to go in, in the National Hockey League's regular season for the Vegas Golden Knights. Tell me now, and I'm going to write this down, what you anticipate the first round series looking like for the first four games. I'll, and I'll just do four games and because I don't know whether that'll, those will be wins or losses. But uh, give me who plays goal for the first four games of the uh, of the opening round for the Vegas Golden Knights, and we'll we'll reflect on this, and we'll see whether or not uh, things changed uh, for you over the course of the final month of the season. I'm going with Flurry Leonard, Flurry Leonard. Okay, that's good. Oh, what about you, Chapman? I'm going Leonard Flurry, Leonard Flurry. Okay, so a, a, a rotation. Yeah, I I think that's the best. I mean, un- unless something unforeseen happens, that seems to be the direction we're heading. I didn't towards. ask you if anything unforeseen was going to happen. No, but but I'm saying. <laughs> okay. That, yeah. L- l- let me let me ask you this, uh, Chapman. Okay. Unforeseen. Go. Well, no. I mean, obviously, you can't predict that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I kill me. Uh, I'm going to go with Mark Andre Fleury. All four games. All four and, games. Yeah. 
we'll see whether we're right, we're right or, or not. We've got some sound coming up. Uh, Pete DeBoer talking about Robin Leonard. We'll also uh, bring you into uh, the morning Zoom conference uh, with reaction from Alex Tuck on what his line can do, did, and then will do uh, tonight against the uh, the Anaheim Ducks uh, with fans, 2,000 fans in attendance tonight. And that, uh, that's great to see as we work our way towards uh, some sense of normalcy, knowing that uh, normal keeps just stretching out a little bit longer. This is the VGK Insider Show. Good news of the day coming up on Fox Sports Las Vegas. It's time for the good news of the day on the VGK Insider Show. The good news of the day is brought to you by Silver State Schools Credit Union, prioritizing people over profit. And this is actually going to be a good hypothetical situation that I came across in a tweet today. It's interesting to me, and I'm going to ask it here to Darren Millard and to Chris Chapman. C. The post comes from, hmm? C. Is it multiple choice? I'm going C. No, no, it's it's not multiple Ah. choice. And it's not always C on multiple choice. Ah, it's not? Come on. No, it's not. Come on. Like, have you ever tried it? No. No. Tell you, there's something to it. Is that what you did? Yes. That or drop the pen from from half a foot. What did that do for you? That gave me, then I would go to the closest uh, one that that the pen landed. Why are you using pen on a Scantron test? I don't understand. I'm just saying I didn't do very well as an academic. Okay, Okay. fantastic. Jake Montgomery on Twitter posed this question. You can pick one athlete ever to have an injury-free career from beginning to end. Who are you choosing? That's a great one. I know. Uh, I'm going to go. Bobby Orr. Bobby Orr or Cam Neely? Uh, I'm going to go Bobby Orr. Mm -hmm. But I was really leaning Cam Neely. How about you guys? Chapman? Chapman? Ah, man, this is tough. Well, I I can't think of any. Maybe Bo Jackson. Like, to me, Bo Jackson was probably the greatest athlete I've ever seen in my lifetime. And unfortunately, he suffered that that really bad hip injury, and, and it ended his NFL career, and he was really never the same as a baseball player. But I would have loved to have seen Bo Jackson fully healthy for his entire career. Do you think Bo was a better baseball player or a football player? Uh, you know what? He he was pretty damn good at both of them. I, I know. That's why I asked I, I, I think he was probably, <laughs> probably a better— I'm going to say he was probably a better baseball player, although I think Raider fans would probably disagree with me, but I think he was a better baseball player than he was a football player. I've never seen somebody snap a bat like he could. Oh, he was, he was, well, how about when he broke the bat over his head? Yeah. Honorable mention to Ken Griffey Jr., by the way. Really? I don't think of him as beat up uh, battling injuries. Oh, he, he, he suffered so many injuries and it's, it's a shame because he was, he was, Probably the best baseball player. In Wallace, my this lifetime. is a fascinating question. What did you take? I'm going Mario Lemieux. Ooh. Like for me, and yeah. and listen, I understand. I understand the the Bobby Orr argument here, but I think if Mario was fully healthy and he could play out a full career, we would be having serious discussions about Mario at the top of the mountain in terms of the, of the best hockey player to ever play the game. Hmm, that's really good. 
when you when you bring up something like that, like he could go Gretz as well because he suffered the sure. uh, the back injury uh, because of uh, Gary Suter and the vicious cross check in the in the Canada Cup. Uh, you dirty people, players. Uh, uh, no, uh, so he he did battle some injuries, and and what kind of totals would he've uh, would he have put up? But uh, that that is a fascinating, wonderful, cool question. How about modern times? If you had to limit it to the last like four to five years, is there, is there a player that jumps out at you where you go, God, I, I if I could keep this player, one player healthy in any particular sport, who would it be? Is there a name that immediately pops into your head for because me, we, we we've got we've gone through like uh, some some hall of famers already how about rafael nadal Ooh, like like yeah. absolutely phenomenal tennis player but he's had he's had an injury history i mean to think that those three guys djokovic federer and nadal all live in the same era and probably the three greatest tennis players ever one of them Kind of suffered the injuries. Now Federer, he's at the end of the line, but he's dealing with the injuries as well. But I would have loved to have seen the doll stay healthy for his entire career. That's a good one. How about you, Wallace? In the last uh, last three to four years, uh, an athlete that you would have uh, liked to have uh, been healthy for the entire time. Yeah, cutting it down to three to four years, it, it limits me because the only one that really comes to mind for me is Sidney Crosby. If there was mm-hmm. any player yeah. that, that it, within the NHL that I could take away the injuries from, it would be Crosby because he suffered them at the height of his power. And And I just wonder what his totals would look like if he was healthy throughout that prime of his career. Uh, I was going to go Crosby as well, so I'm going to flip it over to and slightly tweak it because I asked the question. Uh, I took your your question and revised it. I'm going to uh, have the the strength to adjust it on the fly. And Alexander Ovechkin, not because of the injury, but because of the lost seasons due to work stoppages and labor disagreements. If I could eliminate those which uh, uh, impacted him so much, and COVID, uh, in, the, in the last year and a half. If I could take away those and see the numbers, uh, uh, Alexander Ovechkin. That is a fascinating uh, question. Good job on Good News of the Day, presented by Silver State Schools Credit Union, prioritizing people over profit. Ryan Wallace, take a bow. I am. You can't see it, but I am. How's your back? Oh, it's good. Good. Uh, we're going to take over. We're going to take a break. Uh, remember, we've got uh, a jersey to give away of the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, courtesy of Finley Volvo. And uh, we also have a chance to qualify a lucky listener for a couple of tickets to Monday's game by the Golden Knights against the San Jose Sharks. And we have a discussion about that game because there's big news uh, on Monday. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.